seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 132 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of things and issues that affect players at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, and for 132 episodes, I still got my main man, my fellow, I guess, former fellow Texan, Brian <laughs> Allen. How's it going, man? That sounds like a gamer tag, former fellow Texan or something, but you're doing good, doing good. Somebody probably uses that when they move. They probably call themselves former whatever, and that becomes their universal gamer tag. I bet you that's a thing. I'm amazed how quick people jump on stuff, because I saw a gamer tag, I mean, just like a day or two after the slap, and the gamer tag was already, I slapped Will Smith. Oh, I I, I saw one that was, Will Smith slapped me. <laughs> yeah. And I was just <laughs> like, damn. All right. Oh, speaking of sidetrack, most brilliant thing I'd seen in in content creation in a while. There was this dude on Facebook gaming, and I don't even know how it came across my feed, but he had done Will Smith versus Chris Rock, and he plays WWE 2K, and he basically made the avatars and put them in a series of different matches. Oh, it was like, yeah. It was like a cage match and a ladder match and whatever. And dude, he had some huge number, like four hundred and like eighty thousand views or something, and yeah. like in something like eighteen hours or whatever. It was crazy, and I'm like, genius! I can't right? even be mad at him, like because you know every time somebody mentions or searches Will Smith, Chris Rock, whatever slap, whatever, like, that's going to trigger something in the algorithm, and there's a good chance yep. it might get recommended to that person. And then people who don't know, they're probably going to click on it thinking like oh there's more footage and be like oh this is a weird wrestling thing but then you're kind of entertained because it's kind of funny if you You like wwe 2k at all you're into it yeah it's kind of funny so you're just like okay i'll watch this for four or five minutes or whatever and then of course that triggers more people viewing and watching it i'm like if you were gonna like and that's not something you can do for every public incident but it makes sense in that one he happened to be playing the right game where it made sense and had the right vision and there were people who were mad at that we're like, oh, that's so dumb. He's getting views doing this thing. And I'm like, dude, this is super smart. Right? Like, I ain't mad at him at all. Like, I, I wish I'd have thought of it. Exactly. <laughs> He's mad because they didn't think of it. They hate him because they ain't him. That's exactly it. Haters going to hate. Like, he found a way to, I wouldn't even call it gaming the system. He just found a way to take advantage of a public moment and turned it into content. And, and people, and he was getting tons of positive comments and people laughing about it or whatever because... They all thought it was dumb and silly, but it was entertaining when you're like, ah, Chris Rock got him in a ladder match or whatever, you know, like that's just funny stuff. So like good on him. I wish I remember the creator's name. I mean, it's been weeks ago now, obviously, but it was just one of those things that I just saw and went, man, good on you. And Some, then, you know, if you're into the game, it's like, okay, you know, what perks did you give them? You know, how did you, what, what, what wrestler class is Chris Rock? You know? Yeah, I don't even remember all that. I was more just laughing at the whole concept of just like, dude, you're a genius, you know, but that, and that's how you make it in content creation, right? You've, yep. you've got to understand how to work with things that happen, like our show, even there's a bunch of news that came this week and you have to know how to present it and talk about it or whatever. So, yeah, speaking of, we had a lot of things. There were so many things to cover this week. We had to leave some things off. So, yeah, this is going to be a hell of a time. But before we get into that, I want you to pay some love to our sponsors over at Cardsphere.com. 
a great place to buy and sell magic cards. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had a fun incident with something I sold to somebody on Cardsphere this week that we'll talk about later in the show. And okay. it was easy to resolve. The moderators there do a good job taking the admins, taking care of everything. So, yeah, resolution was easy. It was really fun. And it led to an educational moment. So good for them. But, yeah, check them out. They've been supporting our show for well over a year now. So, yeah, go pay them some love over at Cardsphere.com. Also, want to pay some love. If you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic. And we want to give a shout out to Daniel Lucio, who's fairly new, came on November 21, working on getting six months in there. So thank you, Daniel. And to our newest patron, who just goes by the name Crux of Fate, which is kind of wild. I hope they don't come after us at some point. But <laughs> it can hey, be, it can be deadly. Thanks for supporting the show. And then if you want to get something for yourself to rock as we go to these new events and stuff, you can get tokens and playmats representing the show over at colorofmtg.com slash shop. And then that brings us to some very interesting times here in the soapbox. And I'm going to be honest, this isn't totally gaming related really much, but it's one of those things that when we talk about, I guess how stuff is literally just trying to generate bad press and just make something to talk about and how the news is trying to be manipulative. For those of you who don't know, there's a, I don't even want to call them a news source because they're really not. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a, a conservative outlet, I guess is the best you can say about there it. There you go. Called Newsmax. And yeah, even their name sounds generic and bad, but no lie. Exactly. It's like Newsmax. This, this is a real thing. But they were trying to make some type of point about there being some black conservatives, which, first off, we've said on the show before like, no group is a monolith, right? Like, you're going to find people in every walk of life that has every possible belief, regardless of what their background is, their nationality, their orientation, whatever. So, this isn't really news. That being said, anybody who knows knows that the number of black conservatives is very, very small for a lot of different reasons. But they were trying to make it a case that it wasn't that small. <laughs> and I don't even know how this got through. But they put a graphic on the screen so they can talk about black conservatives. And it includes, uh, I don't forgot the name, the black sheriff that's made the news a few times. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clark, has, I believe his name yeah, is. It, it has uh, our our Herman Cain, who been dead has long passed. <laughs> he actually died of COVID, actually, right. at the like, peak of the pandemic. So I don't even know why he's on there. Then we had our favorite brain surgeon, who, for whatever reason, ended up being head of, like, urban housing or whatever. So he's in there. And then Ben Shapiro. Who's not Wait, even uh, remotely black? Like he is, right? he's he's white white. I mean, like, <laughs> like he might be at some point proud to just be albino if they could do that for him. I'm like, how? Man, they don't get no whiter. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to hate, but I'm like, did your graphics guy just have to hustle at the last minute because he forgot that was going to be a segment? And like. And not only that, how do you even put that caption on it of like black conservatives or whatever? Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, like really? 
Really? That's what how, we're going to do. How do you work in a conservative outlet and not just have a, the list? Because there are multiple conservatives like in Congress of color. Exactly. <laughs> Well, this man, air, like we're talking about Candace sides. Owens yeah. has probably been the most prominent one for the last decade. Yeah, so you just asked me the name of black conservative. Candace Owens is the first person that pops into my mind. And, and if you and I don't work for Newsmax, so how they don't come up with that immediately? I, I literally have no idea. I literally saw that graphic and went, what the hell? <laughs> like, like, my first thought was, one, Ben Shapiro being in it was like yeah. a standout. And then I went, ain't Herman Cain dead? Right. I literally had to go to Google because I'm like, did I just like Mandela affect myself? Because you know, I seriously, he's like, got a Herman Cain award now, you know, for people that did not COVID and die. But dude, I for real thought that like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Herman Cain didn't die because I'm like, why is he being included in this thing? So like, well, you know, his Twitter account is still active thanks to somebody. You know, well, that's also that true, I guess. Day. Maybe some people don't know he's dead. But Ben Carson, I get. Right. I'm like, okay, fine. He just served under President Trump, blah, blah, blah. Like that one makes sense. Either. Yeah. But like he absolutely the, should be probably one of the first people you go to again because yeah. he served in Trump's cabinet. That one makes- the Herman Cain and Ben Shapiro thing, though, I just I just lost my crap. Yeah. I was like, really, really like this. This is embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed for them. Like, news. <laughs> and, and the worst part about it is there are people that look at them as an authentic, true news outlet that Frightening. will look at that. Yeah. And they're probably walking around using Herman Cain as an example, not realizing that he's dead. Yeah. Like, which is sad. Just sad. But anyway, Brian, I'm going to let you have the stand. You know, I, I was looking at my news feed and just thinking how hard it must be to to, to be a, a woman in the gaming and esports space because uh, Swim, a pretty well-known Legends of Runeterra streamer and player, has uh, has been accused of sexual assault by multiple women now. So he's in the process of vanishing from the scene and I'm thinking like, okay, well, you know, at least he's not going to be around for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, when there, his team evil geniuses was very quick to say, we don't, we don't support that kind of behavior. He is out of here immediately. And before you can even breathe a sigh of relief, Sinatra, who was a uh, Valorant and uh, also former Overwatch pro that was uh, accused of sexual assault, his suspension's up. He's back in. We don't even need so the net number of creepers, unfortunately, has not even changed. It's just yeah. sad, disappointing. And, you know, we, we want to we want it as uh, esports supporters for us to get kind of some of the same accolades that, that uh, basketball, football players get. The, the, the perk I did not want them to get is being able to, you know, get accused of sexual assault and show back up in three or four months. That was not one of the things that, that I wanted to see happen to esports. But that's we've apparently arrived at the point where, hey, if you can play well enough and get enough frags, even multiple accusations of sexual assault doesn't really derail your career too much. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Because like, on the one hand, you want him just out of your community forever. You know, on the other hand, it's like, okay, how much did he really rehab? Like, cause like we're, cause we, if we're inviting somebody back and, and even if I'm on an esports team or I'm, I don't know, 
one of the manufacturers and we're going to have them in our tournaments or whatever. I kind of want to know, like, okay, so what did you do to better yourself? Yeah. Right. Did you just hide out for like two years and then now we're good? Or did you like, hey, I went and tried to make public apologies to some people. You know, I've been going to therapy, like whatever. I don't know. Like, but you got to show me something other than just, all right, my time's up. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You got to give me a little bit of something, just just enough to show that you're at least trying, right? Because at some point you're going to want us to to promote this person, right? Let's say say they come back and they're still playing well. How are you going to feel putting them on a poster or on, on a banner ad somewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, you, you got to give me a leg to stand on if I'm going to try to defend you. You know what I mean? I guess that's it. Like at some point, if I'm like, hey, I get it. We know his past, but we've had these discussions and he's done these things. So we're at least going to let this play out or whatever. Like, you got to give me something like you can't just come back and I'm supposed to be good with that. You know what I mean? That that'd be like in anything in life. Like if you wronged me in some way, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, cool. You can come back and be part of my social circle. We might have to have a talk and be like, "Okay, cool. How are you different than the last time I was dealing with you? I mean, it's like if you shoplifted from my store and I'd be like, hey, cool, you're banned from the store, whatever. Like, you know, if maybe you do that when you're 12, 13, and then you come back and talk to me when you're like 18 or 20 and we have a real sit down and uh, you learned, you screwed up. All right, cool. Maybe we do a thing. But if you're just like you come in with an attitude and you're still that kid just older, I'm like, nah, I might. You know what I mean? Like, And uh, for follow up, one of the things that, that, that I came across while uh, looking at this, apparently – Riot has stepped in and said, hey, you know, not so fast. Part of his suspension was that he was supposed to undergo mandatory uh, based personal conduct training, which he hasn't done. So but apparently before he plays anywhere, Riot is mandating that, yeah, you, you're going to have to uh, basically, like you said, show us some. <laughs> yeah, you got to show us some effort that like yeah. you're trying. Like, I'm, it's like. And good on them for saying, like, hey, we're willing to let you back if you do this thing. You didn't do this thing, so we're not letting you back yet. And yeah, good on them for following up because it looks like the team was kind of just trying to skip past that part. So Yeah, and we talked about it on the show before. The issues they've had, the issues that Activision's had, like, they they are probably even more worried about it. Like, hey, dude. We can't just let this slide. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, we got we got legal issues we've been paying for. Like, you got to do what we told you to do or else like this is a no-go. Because it's about time for Overwatch League to start. And they have, I think, zero major sponsors because of all the negative publicity they got from the, mm-hmm. the firestorm going on at Blizzard. Yep. So ain't no way. Like, that makes total sense to me that Riot was on top of it and just saying, hey, you didn't. Basically, you didn't complete the terms of your suspension, so we're not going to let you play yet. And I'm good with that. Like, if you agree that these rules are harsh enough that you believe that helps get them integrated back and they don't do those things, then cool. I don't have no sympathy for him. He can just stay gone for all I care. Right. Because like I, I said, would like to see uh, other sports institute some form of mandatory con. I, that's what I think every major sport should have it. Because sadly, yeah. these are the tapping on a damn near daily basis. I'm with you because, like, again, we've talked about it before. Like, I, I, I get that people screw up, and some of those things are really bad. But we do need to have some path to redemption 
some things are worse than others and you you just you're just going to be SOL. But yeah. like for most things we do need to have a path back. But if the person is not willing to participate properly and complete the the activities to get you through that path, then oh well. We don't need them. You know, like I'm all for being sympathetic and saying like you can recover from screwing up or whatever, but if you're not making the effort, then like I don't care either. Like you don't put the effort in, I ain't putting the effort in. Like cuz it's more problematic for all of our other people and all our fellow gamers to have these people just keep coming back up with no penalty. Exactly. And as we talk about people are like, "Oh, we you know everybody got the right to make a living." You do. You don't have the right to make a living as a pro sports, you know, or esports athlete. That's a privilege, not a constitutional right. Yeah. At some point, you just got to go do something else. You had an opportunity. You damaged that community. You got to go get on somewhere else. That's just the way it's got to be. Society got to let you work. We got to let you make, you know, a couple hundred thousand a year. Yeah, no joke. All right, Brian, let's talk about some more fun, positive things, because as always, we like to learn stuff. So why don't we share with everybody what the two of us learned this week? So what did you pick up? Uh, YouTube is doing a month long series celebrating black uh, women content creators called Crown and Glory. So uh, definitely, definitely uh, look for that. Some of your favorite. I actually found out from Jazzy Guns, one of my see one of her videos. She's one of my favorite content creators a variety of video game streamers so definitely want to shout her out and then again there, there's a month long series and they're not this in you know black history month or anything like that so this is awesome that they're doing this that's actually pretty cool i didn't know that was a thing yeah i didn't if i didn't follow jazzy i wouldn't have known about it so i guess if there's one complaint i have youtube should be promoting this better because we're both youtube creators of color and we do nothing about it yeah, like that's actually pretty cool. Uh, but I am again super glad that they're doing that because, uh, like as as Jazzy mentioned in her video, when she was growing up, she didn't see women of color in the gaming space or in the content creation space, so she didn't know it was a thing she could do. Yeah, that's so actually now, pretty cool. So now you know other little girls growing up will get to see other other uh black women out there creating content and know that hey that those are options for them esports is an option for them yeah very true and you know i have to say it's kind of cool to see big companies because you know same thing like last year i was doing some stuff with facebook and whatever and seeing these big companies say like hey we recognize this is an issue why don't we give them a little bit of shine to get on for a little bit that and be honest, like for whatever reason, black women content creators, a lot of them have some sweet ass usernames, right? Like for real, um, I just feel bad about mine sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I but do I follow some people? There's somebody I follow like Lil Chaos, yeah. You know, like some like oh, I like I don't have anything cool like that. <laughs> like, I have changed mine three or four times, as, as y'all know. So I understand your pain, Q. So, yeah, like, that's cool, though. I, that's a good one to hear about. Uh, it's funny, coincidentally, my thing this week as well has to do with black content creators. Because I don't even know how, just randomly by the miracle of social media sharing things, I found out there's a, another podcast 
by black creators that highlights black creators every week and has the most amazing name. It is. I can't confirm his name is epic. Blurred of mouth. Yes. And I was almost mad. I didn't think about that for the name of our I was too. I absolutely (laughs) was too. As a writer, I get jealous so immediately. It was like, oh, that's great. There's going to be a couple of incidents like that in this podcast for somebody who has already been, I think, too. Oh, as soon as I saw the name, I was like, damn. (laughs) Like, that's a good one. But yeah, the people, they're super positive. They're apparently from, you know, different gaming backgrounds. But they try to find different black creators and gamers to highlight them every week or whatever. And they do some different interviews. And it's just kind of like a real lively, different type of show. So, like, cool that they're out there. And I I even sent them a message. and was like, man, I just found out about y'all's thing. I'm definitely going to talk about y'all, put you on this week. Uh, Maybe even try to get one of their leads over on the show at some point here in the near future. I definitely want to do that. Because that's just good stuff, man. It really is. So, for people who are looking for another outlet, because, you know, I still talk to people like, man, is there anywhere you can point me where I can just see more black creators or more people in the gaming space or, you know, more BIPOC people I don't know about? Like, here's one, you know, and they're doing their job to also highlight others. So if you want extra exposure, go check out Blurred of Mouth, B-L-E-R-D podcast. Uh, You can follow them on Twitter and I'm sure you can download it everywhere you can download podcasts. But I came across them on Twitter and they were really cool people. So, yeah. Pay, pay them some love. It's totally worth it. But now, let's get into all of the news issues of the week. We're probably going to have to blaze through these, man, because there's mm-hmm. so much. All right. So one of the first things, which we haven't had this happen in a little while, but it seems like a topic that, you know, you almost have to discuss when it comes up because everybody wants to know, how do you feel about this? But yep. Commander Legends Baldur's Gate, which is kind of a weird long title, but... Uh, they had some cards coming out soon that got previewed or I spoiled, not even previewed, got leaked in a very odd way. There was a creator on TikTok, and I'm not going to give the creator's name and any of that stuff because I'm not trying to give any publicity to that. But was other than just opening packs and showing the cards, was also trying to sell the product to people, was apparently making deals through DMs and whatnot and other outlets supposedly i don't know how true this is but one of the people i feel is pretty trusted that gave me some info but apparently some people who bought the stuff or tried to buy some stuff got stuck holding the bag and didn't really get anything and then the person tried to make a new account because i guess enough people got onto the first one or got reported so they started a new one and it's a whole thing but people ask me like am i going to talk about the leaks or whatnot and my perspective is other people are willing, welcome to talk about it, but like I personally am not. I, I have personal reasons that I won't do it, particularly because of the type of leak that it is. Now, one, I'm not a fan of leaks in general, but I get that they happen. But I also know from being at Wizards of the Coast, and I'm going to talk about this as vaguely as possible so I don't violate any agreements or anything, but there have been times that things go missing from warehouses and the person who took them is usually found very quickly and there are very serious legal repercussions uh sometimes to felony levels this also happens in other factories as well i knew somebody who worked for uh down in texas they have several large plants one of them being for uh like eminent mars that makes a bunch of stuff they also make like 
Uncle Ben's rice and whatever, you know, the instant stuff. And there have been times where there's like contest stuff going on, right? Like if you take one of those labels or even just want to show somebody a picture, like that's a fireable offense that could also have legal ramifications. So if you think taking something out of a facility product outright and then trying to sell it, like, ooh, that's a disaster. So definitely didn't want to support that and bring that up. But the other is, I've also been at Wizards when the, I believe it was the Ixalan release, had some sheets that got out and the person was trying to sell them. And of course, there was pictures everywhere. That actually undid a lot of work that several people had already put in at that point. So you're talking about the whole preview schedule and things you were going to put online and stories that were written and like timelines for stuff had to change. Even how we were going to do stuff with retailers changed. So it's like, so many departments were affected and like people basically had their whole work schedule blown up and had to redo work or whatever for three days. Not to mention on the content creator side, some of those people, and I've been there, like are putting together full videos, doing music things, you know, trying to do collaboration with other people to do cool reveals of stuff or whatever. And now that's all blown up, right? Some of the stuff they're putting time and effort and even money into because they're trying to get some extra recognition and, you know, whatever. They don't even get the returns on that now. If people are out sharing all this stuff, because everybody's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not going by their site. I don't need to hear them talk about this card. We've already talked about it for like two weeks or hell, this case would be like three weeks or whatever. So for those reasons, I tend to stay away from talking about leaks, at least in regards to tabletop games or whatever, where I know there's full like previews and everything else. Now, if something came out for like, I don't know, a random board game. And I know there's not a lot scheduled around. I probably wouldn't care as much. But because I know the individualistic impact on so many different people, like just me personally and morally, I just don't feel like I can talk about it without coming off as being like, I don't know, hypocritical or whatever. So I just don't. But if other people want to, cool. Now, Brian, I know your stance might be a little bit different because you've had situations in non-gaming markets where that stuff comes up. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about the, the situation and saying, like, okay, if it wasn't a tabletop game, you know, that, that we talk about every week, like what, trust me, when I ever had a news story fall on my lap and I sat on it, and the, the answer, you know, is almost never unless unless I've obviously told somebody something that's off the record, or if I've just done some kind of non-disclosure thing, you know, or just or you or you promise me another story that's better than that down the line but yeah ordinarily as a reporter when news falls into your name falls into your lap because sometimes these leaks have you know because somebody actively was out usually it doesn't fall into your lap it's somebody went out there and they you know, you know were digging they were actively looking for leaks they don't just generally show up in your email box you know well yeah i mean unless you have a contact that yeah like hey you didn't hear this from me but you know, like I've I've gotten that a few times, not even being a reporter, and I'm just like, crap, what do I do with this information? <laughs> but as we talked about on the pre-show, you gotta realize that okay, if you let's say that news comes to you however it does, and you and you break those leaks, yeah, you're never gonna get you're never gonna get, you know, organized spoilers from wizards. And that 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 route is closed. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the other thing, right? You do have to think about now. I'm not saying like every creator is a sellout or whatever, but like at some point you do have to weigh the odds of like, what am I really going to get out of doing this piece of content versus potential opportunity to work with this company brand, whatever product down the line again. And and that's a real conversation you have to end for each person. That's going to be a different yeah. outcome. 
right? Like you might be, I don't care if I ever get to work with these people, whatever. I'm good with this. Okay, cool. And maybe morally on your compass, you figure that has something to do with your authenticity or whatever. And that's cool. I'm not going to judge somebody for it. That's a decision you got to make for yourself. And, you know, I just thought about an example because, I mean, I I just said that, hey, you know, if you kind of color outside the lines, you probably won't get spoilers. But you saw how many people were just flabbergasted that Jeff Hoogland got spoilers. Because his his channel is kind of, I won't necessarily say anti-wizards, but for example, he keeps a running counter of it has been this many days since Wizard made a stupid decision. So you would think that's somebody that if you go by the theory of, okay, they don't work with people who criticize him, you would expect him not to get a preview card. But I guess we've talked about Wizards just outright on the show multiple times. They've they've included our show in listings of other stuff on surveys, and then they still let me preview a card. Yeah, so, so. like people can be like, ah, well, you're, you're just up wizards, butt. and this, I'm like, no. When they do stuff wrong, we call them out on it. When they do stuff right, we praise it. Like that's the rule of the show. Like that's how we try to treat everything. So I don't think it's necessarily that. I, I like, and honestly, I can tell you from having worked at Wizards. I don't really know of anybody that's like keeping tally of like this person said this many things about us, whatever. Now I will say there are some creators that have caused problems for wizards, you know, whether you're sharing like certain email addresses to get people to just bombard somebody or whatever, like that will get you put on some lists because now you're just being vindictive and causing problems. But like as a company, if you just don't like something they do or you want to talk about, they don't care. Like they just know that's just part of doing business. Right. Every company is going to have that. Like almost every brand on the planet would not be able to work with several top creators if they were worried about anybody ever saying something bad about them. Like it's just impossible to avoid. Because as I've said before, usually you criticize it's because you care. (laughs) Yeah. On some level. I'm not not here. I know two creators that don't. (laughs) But that's about it. But yes, your point generally stands. I'm not out of here doing an opera podcast because for the most part, I don't listen to it. I don't know enough about it to criticize it. Yeah. I mean, for me to do a, a thing of just like opera stupid and I can't stand that and all the pretentiousness and blah, blah, like it wouldn't mean anything. You know, so it only means something because we care about the other games we talk about. So like, I, I get it. But yeah, on the leaks. Yeah, that's kind of my stance. Like, I just don't talk about them because on both sides. I am aware of how many problems something like that causes. But like I said, if there were other things like, I don't know, like. Would I be upset if somebody like, I don't know, it's just like with like a like the latest Marvel movie, you know, how many people are invested in this, that and the other. And if you just go like spoil the plot, the plot or the script or whatever. There'd be a lot of mad people. Be a whole lot of mad people. So like, so I I get it. It kind of depends on the thing. Cause I get what you're saying, right? If you got a story about, I don't know, something going on with the local police force, or you got something going on with the local sports team or whatever. All right, cool. That that's got different implications to talk about, but it's probably worth talking about. And the harm isn't going to be huge. Now, just like you said, you may not get to work with those particular teams or people in the future. Cause they may not like you putting the news out, but if you're good with that, and like, yeah, the impact is very small, generally or speaking. Or if they already hate you. And I've been in that situation before. <laughs> you know, like they don't they don't call me to their press conferences already. So I can just I can run with this. That's fair. No loss. You know, and to be, you know, that's even something to be said about wizards, right? Maybe part of the idea is occasionally we are gonna throw a bone to some people that give us a hard time because like maybe they less loosen up a little bit. 
You know what I mean? Like, like ah, they aren't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's a thing. It, you know, that's that. That is one of the reasons people did it. You know, and you think about the video game industry and just all the swag that they send to people. It, heck, EA, for example, will fly people, you know, out to Florida to check out the new Madden or the new NBA. And yeah, at that point, it it just it becomes hard to rip them a new one. You're harder, you know. Yeah, like if you're like to Florida, you know. Once you're on their list, you're like, I kind of liked going out, getting wine and dined, and yeah. put up at a nice hotel for a weekend. Like I don't know. <laughs> So the reason a lot of people are, you know, a lot of sites will say, no, you don't, we don't accept those trips, you know? Yep. And that, and that's why I tell people, like, that's why I try to be as even and fair as I can all the time, because then I never have to change anything. Regardless of if, you know, and even Ultra Pro, like, they've been supporting myself for a while. Like, I love Ultra Pro. We have a good working relationship. But there's been products when people have asked me and I've been like, yeah, I don't really use that one. I don't like it that much. Or, yeah, this other product, if you're looking for that type of thing, this other one's a little bit better. You probably should get that or whatever. Now, the stuff that's really good, I'll sing it to the heavens and tell you about it and get people to go buy it, right? And, you know, just got to be fair and even across the board. So, because for me, it's an integrity thing. That if I tell you about a thing, you can trust what I'm saying is authentic, right? And that builds up over time. And it's a level of trust there. So, when it comes to the leaks, I'm like, I would just rather not talk about them at all because I know people who are working damn hard and how that affects their jobs, whether you're talking about Wizards employees or creators. If that makes somebody look at me terrible because I'm not wanting to talk about leaks, well, then that's cool. You just have to understand my perspective and who I am. But for me, not something I want to talk about. Yeah. And that is kind of part of, you know, defining yourself as a content creator, deciding, you know, what you're going to talk about, what you don't want to talk about, or just even kind of what, you know, kind of what's, I guess what uh, angle you want to take on the stories you do cover. Yeah, absolutely. However, there is something else that happened from Wizards of the Coast that we are going to talk about. <laughs> so yesterday, I guess, because I was the 19th. God, man, it's like so much stuff. I was it yeah. only Wednesday and we have like 80 stories. I know. Uh, <laughs> but Wizards of the Coast announced well, two things, really. One, their quarterly earnings report for Q1 2022, but then also followed that up with, by the way, we're going to be increasing prices on like, I don't know, five five types of magic products, 11%. And you would think the wizard CEO went out and like shot somebody the way internet reacted. So I've had people, and this happened last night, actually. I had people come up on my stream and they were, I guess, expecting me to go off and be mad on Wizards increasing the price 11%. And guess what? I'm not. Now, I will say disappointed, right? Because we do want the game to stay accessible to as many people as possible. And when something goes up in U.S. dollars, that affects a lot of other countries really rough. You know, like if you live in South America even a 10% increase is still significant when you're talking U.S. dollars to local dollars, right? So this is going to have an impact on some people, no doubt. But we're literally seeing everything increase in price. I mean, hell, every one of us knows about the gas stations right now. 
right? You go down to the grocery store and chicken costs more, eggs cost more, meat costs more, right? Like it's, it's if a you thing. can find chicken and eggs. We've gone to some stores and been completely out of both of those recently. Well, yeah, that's another problem. Well, you know, thanks to your local governor having people stop trucks for second inspections and crap. That's a whole right. different thing. That that's a topic we could just rail on all by. Maybe that should be a private show discussion. Yeah, but realistically, we have not increased the price of magic boosters since 2006. Even if you just did the price of inflation, that's way more than 11% in that time. Like you're talking 15 years, we have not increased the price of a booster pack. Like that's a long time, man. And I've been saying for years, people have asked me for a long time. I keep saying like, yeah, expect magic price prices to go up at some point. And some point, I guess they just thought I was crazy. They're like, they're never going to increase. And after like 10 years, I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe they're never going to increase the price of booster packs, right? But they were doing a lot of other things. You know, when you're talking about like secret layers and having special premium packs and whatever, that were kind of keeping the price of boosters down for quite a bit. You know, it's like, hey, if we're not going to raise the price of standard boosters, let's do these other things that increase some revenue so we don't have to worry about it as much. I'm sure that was part of it, no doubt. And this isn't like ex-employee of me speaking. This is more just speculating on this all makes sense, right? How we're able to keep the prices down. Because people want to compare it to stuff like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, whatever. But remember that those have video games, plushes, action figures, merchandise galore, whatever, that are kind of sort of supplementing the price of those boosters. Those are like a marketing tool more than anything else. Right. The card side money for those companies. Yeah, the, the card game's a part of it, not the whole thing. Yeah. Whereas for Magic, that is the product, right? Like you can't have a downtime on Magic boosters and make up money in plush sales or the latest video game or whatever, right? Hell, there's they whole tried. Pokemon. You know, they, they, yeah, they there's, there's whole ass Pokemon stores. Yeah, you can go in and just shop for Pokemon everything, right? Like, so you're not comparing apples and oranges. A very, very different thing. They have been trying to branch Magic out into video games, that so far has not been going real well. Yeah, really hasn't. This brings up another thing, though. One of the discussion or recurring discussion on social media. There's really two. There's really two. The first one, simple. Everybody said, "Well, I'm cool with 11 percent if all that money goes to employees." That's just a dumb statement. Like, and, I, and yeah, if you said it, yes, I'm publicly saying you made a dumb statement. Be mad at me. But like the reality, yeah, I'm already the villain this week, so I'm just owning it for the for the next five days. I'm just whatever. Bring it. Right. But here's the reality. No, that it's saying it should all go to employees is just as dumb as saying, well, that should all go to production or that should all go to R&D or that should all go to whatever. Like that, that 11% is going to get split up a bunch of different ways. Like, you know, maybe 25% of it's going to go to employees. Some 15% is going to go to probably, I don't know, renovations or new equipment. Some 2 or 3% is probably going to go to paying CEOs or whatever, or C-suite people. Some other 10% is probably going to go to research. and It's going to get split up. Like, no increase at all goes to just one department. Rarely is that a thing for a company. So, and... Wizards employees will get their normal pay raises and everything else. I know people who work there. Nobody's like being told they're not getting raises or at least if they are, they haven't said anything to me. So it's business as usual. But to make sure they keep covering that business as usual, they're going to need to increase prices. And that leads me to my other thing that people have been going around saying like, well, they announce record profits and then they raise prices. That is not what they did at all. 
Matter of fact, I'm going to have several things I have to respond to when we're done recording because I have things going on on Twitter and YouTube right now where I basically said like this, this week has shown us that people don't understand the difference between revenue, profits, and margins. These are very different terms that mean very different things and have a different impact on each business. Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro in their quarterly report even shows us two, two graphs. They're two bars each. The first one says, hey, look, our stuff, we made 9% more in revenue. Awesome. And then right next to it, you get to see two bars saying, though we made more revenue, we were down 3% in operating profit. So that should tell you why prices have to go up. Even with them making more, basically them selling more things, they still made less money. That's it. That's that's the end of the story. You know what I mean? Like, there's not much more to that. Like, if you look at your bank account at the end of this year and go, man, we made more money than we've ever made. And then go, but why do I have less in the bank at the end of the year than we had last year? I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. And you look around and going like, we got to change some things. Right. Like, I mean, like that, that's exactly what's happening. Right. So and don't get me wrong. It's not like they lost money or whatever. They just made less on a quarterly basis than they made last Q1. But when you look at it, literally, I mean, in a nine percent increase is significant. Right. That's not like chump change. I mean, that's a real number when you're talking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So they increase nine percent in total revenue, but still made three percent less money. That's, that's a pretty significant swing. And I get it. And when you look and say, hey, we haven't increased prices on these booster packs in 15 years. Maybe now's just the time. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, 2006 was the last time. And we've been at 399 on boosters that entire time. Some places you'll see it at like 425 or whatever based on where they wholesale their product or whatever, but roughly $4 for 15 years. So it's like, I can only be so upset about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not happy about it. Yeah, we're not like dancing in the streets. Yeah, but it's like we kind of knew this was coming. And and let's look across the board, right? Is this going to stop a bunch of people from playing Magic? No, because during the pandemic, we've seen price of singles and everything going up and people are still buying them like mad. So that ain't going to change. Like, And and I'm going to say something that's going to hurt some people's feelings here. But this is the same thing that happens to entrepreneurs and everything else. Like when an issue comes up and you're like, that's it. This is good. I'm going to go sell all my stuff or whatever. You already had one foot out the door. Like they weren't going to win you back anyway. You were just looking for the next excuse to make it okay to justify your exit. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you decided to treat it like an airport and give us your departure on the way out. But like, who cares? Like, it's just the way it is. Like, I don't feel bad for those. Now, if people literally say like, man, you know, going to my FNM and drafting every week was right inside my budget or whatever. And now it's going up like two or three dollars for the draft. And I don't know if I'm gonna be able to afford another ten dollars every month or whatever. OK, those people I feel for because like you genuinely are invested. You're going down supporting your local store. You're that's your form of entertainment. And now it's getting just a touch too expensive for you to really enjoy it. So like those people I want to have a real conversation with. If you're just always griping and upset and blah, blah, and whatever, and now you're just like, that's it, I'm selling all my stuff. Then like, okay, cool. See you when I see you. Like we can still talk and chat, whatever, but I'm not going to be mad that you left. Like you were already unhappy and leaving. I mean, but then again, everybody wants to talk, right? Well, I remember being back on MTG Salvation. I don't even know if that 
message board is still running. But you would have people with every with the six edition rules change when they took damage off the stack when you when artifacts quit having the brown border whenever every dumb thing. Hell, we were talking about it on Twitter. Like when they decided foil every card was now going to come in foil instead of just rares or whatever. Like people were upset about that, right? And every company you see people say, that's it. I'm leaving the game. The game's dying, whatever. And I would see that same person posting two or three years later with the next thing. That's it. Game's dying. I'm selling all my stuff. And so at one point, one of those people actually went and dug up all their stuff. I Because it got me on the day I was going to be petty. So, <laughs> hey, it happens every once in a while. So I'm like, I'm tired of this dude. So I literally went through and I found his old post. And I was like, was this you? And then wasn't this also you? And wasn't this you too? And then I got reprimanded by the mods for antagonizing other users. <laughs> so yeah, those people are out there. But yeah, the price increase. It's not as egregious as it looks. Uh, you know, real real talk, the price of paper, the price of lumber, all that has gone up. Transportation costs have gone up a lot. I mean, honestly, what people don't know is there's a real, real problem right now in the board game industry because some games that people were retailing for like $40, they're scrambling trying to figure out when they do their next print run, how they're going to sell those games under $60. Yeah. That's a real thing. So if you're thinking Wizards going up 11% on a booster pack, basically moving your price from what, $4 to like $4 and, and 42 cents or whatever, 45 cents, you know what I mean? Like if you think that's upsetting, Imagine being somebody who's, you know, in the board game industry and some of your games might have a 30 to 50% cost increase. Like it's way worse for them because just the production and everything for a lot of stuff, you were getting stuff done really cheaply in like China, Taiwan, whatever over there, right? Now that's not a cheap option. So now they're trying to figure out, can we get facilities in the U.S. to get close to matching any reasonable price? And even if it's more, is it less than what we would be paying? Because that plus the shipping cost now is more expensive, right? Because you used to put it on the, the literal slow boat from China and it was fine, right? It took a while to get here, but you were saving money. Now those costs are up. So now you've got cost increase every step of the chain to get it over to you and you're not really saving anything. So now those are becoming real discussions. So it's all across the board, honestly. Now, I will say this. If Wizards would have done... I don't know, something like, I think it was it was a General Mills, the, the cereal company that showed that, oh, we made, whatever, 30% more profit last year or whatever. And then they were like, yeah, but we still got to increase everything 13%, right? Like, if you're showing me your profits are also up, uh, then then I think we have a real, real problem, right? If Wizards would have been like, yeah, revenue was up 9% and profits were also up like 8%. But we're going to go ahead and increase prices on everything. Like, okay, then I think I'd have be more bothered by it. But when you're showing, and nine percent is again, it's not a small increase. I don't think people understand that. I think they see nine percent as a number, like nine, but that's a lot of money. And if you increase your sales nine percent, but you still lose three percent in profit, costs are eating up a lot of stuff in there somewhere. So anyway, that's my stance on it, Brian. I don't I don't know how you feel about it, but I I am not as I don't like it, but I'm not bothered by it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, nobody wants nobody's like, ooh, ooh, I wish I could pay more for this card. But yeah, I get that they hadn't done it in hadn't raised in a long time. And you know everything's as you said, I'm already seeing that board games video, you know, when they upgraded this last round of consoles, games used to games are $70. Now instead of 60, 
I don't like it, but I paid it. And I pay it, you know, at least once a month. Yeah. I mean, I get it. So, yeah, I guess that's where we'll leave it. And uh, we're going to touch on another quick thing that came across this week, which I kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show. So we were talking about card sphere in the opener, and I send out cards almost weekly, you know, to a variety of users on there. And one guy got back to me and he said, hey, I think you might have sent me a counterfeit card. And I was like, oh. Well, that's a little bit surprising because I'm usually pretty good about catching them. As a matter of fact, I even keep a little small stack next to me so I can compare kind of newer generations of them as they pop up. So I was like, well, that's a little weird. But, you know, he shared me a picture of a couple of things. And I was like, OK, well, I guess it is if it is. I mean, and I had a friend help pack the orders for me that day. So I'm like, if there was one, she wouldn't necessarily notice it. So, OK, maybe it happened. Right. It's my fault. Whatever. And it was only honestly like a two or three dollar card. I didn't really care. I'm like, cool, I'll refund it to you. But I'm like, hey, if you don't mind, is there a way I could get it back so I can at least have it to one, educate and also just to have it for myself to compare whatever, you know, because a couple of people on the side already know because of the show and everything who I am. So it's not like you're sending it back to this dude. But there's kind of a practice of like you don't necessarily want to send back counterfeits to people if you're pretty sure they're counterfeit. Right. Because then you risk them just moving on to somewhere else. So he was like between me him and the the ad man we agreed that cool cut a corner send it back then you know i'm not going to try to send it sell it to somebody else or whatever no problem so i get it and what's funny is the minute i opened the package i realized the dude didn't know what he had he thought i had sent him a counterfeit fourth edition will of the wisp however he actually had an alternate fourth edition will of the wisp and if you don't know what alternate fourth edition is, you would think you actually had a counterfeit card. So I did a video this week, by the way, if you want to go to my YouTube channel, it's just youtube.com slash power dragon. You can go see a whole video. It's only about nine minutes. So it's a pretty short video, but I kind of do a full educational thing on it, explaining where the set came from, because it was actually a thing printed by a company that wasn't Wizards of the Coast, but they had permission to print it, I guess as like a test run or whatever. And those were never supposed to get out in public because they have some flaws that didn't match normal magic cards. Well, because of that, some of them did actually get into the public somehow. Through starter decks, oddly, if you ever see somebody selling you a booster pack of alternate 4th edition, I'd be suspicious because I've never seen one and I'm told they only did starters. So there's that. But some of those got out into the world and people don't know that they actually own them. So you kind of have to know what you're looking for because if you don't, it looks like a counterfeit card. But if you know what you're looking for, it's actually oddly an unofficial official magic card, which is important because alternate fourth edition carries, depending on the card, anywhere between a 3x to a 10x value over a regular one, depending on what the card is. So in this case, he thought he was buying a two or three dollar card from me. Even with a cut corner, he sent me back what's probably an eight dollar card. Uncut would have probably been a $20, $25 card. <laughs> I, I even had multiple people offering to buy the cut card from me. Wow. Yeah, because people are trying to just collect them, make a full set, whatever. And it's a rare card from that set, so people want it, right? And that's the thing. Even cut, and, and, and of course, I posted about it, and people are like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And so I'm like, no, it makes total sense. And it wasn't an expensive card. Even what I put in the video, I said, you know, if if. If it was a more valuable card, I would have had a bigger conversation about it, right? But at some point, my time is worth money. 
if we can just resolve it by me refunding you your $2 and you'll send me the card back, whatever. Let's just do that. I don't even care if it's really a counterfeit or not. I don't. It's $2. You know what I mean? It's just not worth the time. Now, if I had sent them, like, I have an alternate fourth mana vault, right, which is worth a bunch of money. So, like, if I had sent him one of those and he'd have been like, hey, I think it's going to be a counterfeit, whatever. It's like, whoa, hold up. Let's do a check on some things. I would have stopped, had a conversation, but that would have been a back and forth thing. I would have probably had to wait for him to reply to my messages. We'd have had to exchange pictures, probably at some point get on a phone call or a Discord chat or whatever. And like, that's a lot of time. But we're also talking about a $100 plus card. I'm not going to go through all that for a two, $3 card. I'm just not. So I don't fault the person for doing what they did. I think the admins were cool seeing us have a quick resolution. They gave a solution. We dealt with it. Awesome. But I was neat because I got to use it as a chance to educate people because a lot of people don't know the history of these cards. And like I said, in the video, I show you how to identify them, what to look for, you know, talk about the different companies involved. So if you just want to know the history of it. But I thought it was fun because I got a chance to do something cool. And I had a lot of people respond to like, hey, I didn't even know this was a thing or it's cool because I've never even seen these. Or And then one person said they even went through their stuff after I showed them and they found several of them. So they found a bunch of money they didn't even know they had because they watched right? the video. So, I, and that's the stuff that excites me about getting to do content, right? When we can share stuff like that that people may not know about or they're just getting informed on a new thing or even helping somebody make some money, you know, in a case like that is actually pretty cool. So yeah, if you don't know about alternate fourth edition, check out my video. It's about the best I could do on short notice because I've been putting out multiple things a day these days, but I didn't want to miss an opportunity there. I will, because I didn't know about any of that either. So Yeah, it's it's really fun. Like I said, and I kept it short because I wanted it to be consumable education. Like, And I literally think front to back takes like nine minutes. So it's a pretty short video. But uh, yeah, let's talk about some events and things, Brian. So, you know, I've gone to the Hunter Burt Memorial Open, you know, and that was positive. And we've we've then seen the big or just before that, I guess we saw the big massive thing they did in uh, Vegas, the Magic the Gathering event. And we've seen a couple of, like flesh and blood tournaments. We've seen some stuff Star City's done. And one of the things I was coming back from going like, we're not seeing a bunch of reports of people getting sick, a bunch of people getting COVID. Right. But we know the cases are still out there. We still see people testing positive. We still see the reports from hospitals. But then we also see stuff like the Game Designers Conference. You know, where that community ended up having several people that went. And I saw several posts on Facebook and 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 Twitter talking about, hey, if we hung around at this thing, you should probably go get tested because I tested positive, blah, blah, blah. And they've kind of become, I don't know if I'd say super spreaders, but at least definitely mini spreader events. And it was interesting to me that video game events seem to be having problems, but tabletop events don't seem to be having the same problems. And as far as I can tell, there's still a lot more people wearing masks and stuff at the tabletop events, which is good. But I've also heard like the behavior at the the video game events is just like way more lax. People just aren't minding their P's and Q's. They're 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 not pandemicking, as we say. So how do you feel about going to events now? Because like, I, and I'm being transparent. I've had offers to participate, I guess, on the business side of two events coming up in the next few months. And I really had that thought of like, if these were more general gaming events or video game events, I probably would be less likely to go. 
But because they're specifically tabletop events, I'm kind of okay with it. My defenses are down a little bit. But I was kind of curious what your take is. I mean, I still haven't been to a really big event. So I guess that's just, you know, I could say whatever, but my actions indicate, I guess I'm still not 100% okay. And, but I, I, I get it because, you know, I, th- I just think about like a fighting game tournament, you know, or really any, any kind of video game tournament. Minimum, you're going to touch the same controller that somebody else is. Now, sure, people are probably hopefully sanitizing those things in between rounds. But still, you know, if let's say... 40 or 50 people touch the same controller, I could already see where, yeah, you're probably going to, you might spread some COVID and, you know, whatever else is going around that particular convention. Yeah, I guess that's true because even just to participate, I mean, unless they did a thing where everybody brings their own controller, like you, you kind of have to touch things other people are touching. I guess that's one, one reason. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, also, I'm going to guess video game tournaments probably skew younger because, okay, for example, I'm 50. I can't play Street I, I never could play Street Fighter competitively. I most certainly can't do it now. That is a very good point. I mean, you, you are going to have – I guess it's a combination, right? It's going to be a younger crowd generally and also be people that are going to be more – I don't know the best word – gregarious in their behavior and their actions and whatever – Whereas tabletop gamers, I mean, not insulting nobody, but we all know there's a bunch of socially awkward folks and whatever. So they're not always the most forward people and things. And in a pandemic, maybe that's a benefit to us in a weird way because we're not wanting to be all over each other. And, you know, we're okay with elbow bumps and, you know, maybe that's the situation. I was just thinking about, you know, the Halcyon days of the last uh, Madden tournament I went to. And good Lord, since the last Madden tournament, dude, in addition to the there's been a pandemic, <laughs> there's been a mass shooting at a Madden tournament. Oh, since yeah, then. that it's was the thing. Yeah, because that was a thing like right near the beginning of the pandemic when that happened. Yeah, that, I almost so forgot just, about that. Dude. The world has just changed so much, you know, in the already a two and a half, three year span here. Yeah, and, and it's weird. Never, it wouldn't have had a second thought about. By the way, that Madden tournament because it was pre COVID that we all used the same controllers. Yep, and that's what I'm saying. Didn't like think maybe, it. maybe they also haven't caught up to change enough of their procedures, you know? Because I saw at least for the get magic stuff and whatever, there's been a lot of like encouraging people to register online. So they don't have to wait in line as much. You know, they had the sanitizers everywhere. They're encouraging people to wear masks. There's, they're still doing a lot of things that a lot of other events have said like, yeah, there's no mask mandate. Don't worry about it. Nah, we're going to do this and just have, we're not going to limit attendance. We're just going to do whatever, you know, and we're not necessarily doing that with the gaming events, the tabletop gaming events. And I think that's been a benefit to us. Now I'm not saying everybody needs to just rush out and go to some gaming event. But we've now seen a history over the last, I guess, at least six months now, eh, about eight months, I guess, that the tabletop events, particularly Magic and Flesh and Blood or whatever, the card game events, have not been as bad about spreading COVID as the non-card game gaming events. And I'm not sure if I really had thought about that being a differentiation beforehand, but it's definitely something that the numbers say isn't happening which is kind of interesting i think uh probably every tournament you go to you're gonna 
probably want to do your research, <laughs> talk to the organizers, talk to anybody that's been to that tournament before, especially if it's, if they've had the tournament, you know, since COVID, kind of see what it's like out there. Yeah, I mean, and that's the best thing you can do is just do your re- – and honestly, that's what I've been doing this week. I'm like, okay, well, even if I show up, like, I'm thinking about what is my experience, right? Because am I going to the event and just going back to my hotel room? Am I okay with that, right? How many restaurants am I going to want to go to or – I don't know, go see a local museum if I get there a day early or something, if nobody's wearing masks in town. You know what I mean? Like, eh, I'm probably just hanging out in my hotel for the weekend. You know, and you have to figure that in, right? Because normally I like to fly in a day early, leave a day late, just so I'm not rushing or if, like the plane gets backed up or whatever. There's just no problems. But part of that is also is like, well, if I get there early enough, I can go do something locally, check out some local stores, do whatever I want to do. Now I'm kind of like, I guess if I just take a later flight on a Thursday, it's cool. I'm going to be in the hotel room anyway. You know, like it's it, it really has changed my behavior on planning. So, yeah, just something I thought was worth discussing, because like I said, I've seen it a couple of times now where it seems like the tabletop gaming things have been mostly fine. There's been a few issues. You know, it's unavoidable in the really large crowds, but like it's been so minimal, it feels like by comparison. And that's coming from somebody who's, heavily engaged in the tabletop side of stuff. So you would think I would be seeing it more if it was even mildly a thing. Whereas I'm seeing it a lot more from the video game or non-tabletop gaming stuff that ultimately I'm not as in touch with, but I'm seeing it a lot, which tells me it's probably even bigger than I think it is. So yeah, very interesting though. But all right, we're up to about the hour point. So Let's talk about some things at the dinner table. And this one is more about, I guess, social etiquette. Because we've talked about some things before about how you interact with people online and whatnot. And it's becoming an even bigger deal because obviously in a, when I say post-COVID world, I don't mean COVID's gone yet, but you know what I mean, post-peak COVID. Like, we're in the situation where we kind of have to get better about interacting with each other online, because that's going to be the preferred mode of interaction for a lot of people for a while. Like we, it's unavoidable, whether you're talking about business conferencing, whatever, like that's just going to be a thing that will always be an option for people now. But one of the things we've seen lately, or at least I've seen lately that I wanted to bring up was people that will jump into conversations and either try to, change the narrative or even just change the topic altogether. And some examples I mean by that is like the earlier today, there was somebody who posted uh, a Twitter post and they just tagged like, I don't know, 10 or 15 people like, Hey, here's some creators that do a lot to help the community. And they're really positive. You should follow these people or whatever. And the six or seven response was somebody that hopped in and was like, well, this list should include this person for these reasons or whatever. And it's like, but what if that person doesn't know them or maybe they're trying to promote certain people because they work with them or whatever. And like, why are you doing this? Right. Cause don't get me wrong. I, I got a little bit of ego every once in a while and I'll see a list that includes some people that I don't necessarily think highly of, but <laughs> you know, they're like, Oh, these are people you should support and people. Should and like, I could get on those threads and be like, yo, why wasn't I on your list? You know, like, but like, what does that do? Like, you're going to possibly upset the person who even started the thread or made the original post or whatever, right? So you're not going to win them over. 
you're not doing any favors for yourself there. And then what about the long-term ramifications? Because that person and their network probably see that in your behavior. So even if you get some short-term clout, you're probably missing out on other opportunities because there, because I'll tell you right now, there are conversations that get had behind closed doors. No. And when somebody <laughs> goes, Hey, what do you think about working with this person? Somebody will speak up and go like, ah, I've had some issues with that person for these reasons, or this person's rubbed me the wrong way because X, Y, Z. So that little bit of benefit you got probably stopped you from making that huge jump because you interjected with something completely different. Now, how do you feel about that, Brian? Like, is that like a big faux pas for you, or is that just a thing you ignore? I mean, uh, I feel like I probably just ignored in terms of not saying anything. But yeah, you, as you said, you know, it may come up in a conversation later. Like, hey, what do you think about so and so? And like, oh, randomness. Yeah. I specifically I'm, remember a situation where we were casting casting a, a mystery show, and uh, and my boss says the actor's name, and like three actors are like, "Oh God, no! If they're in it, I'm not going to do it." So you know, you don't want that. But see, how crazy is that, right? He said one, and three people went like, "Nope, not working with that person." Yeah. Right. So because it's not like we're all, you know, or not all, none of us, you know, are, are Scarlett Johansson or we can just be affording to turn down work left and right. So for people to be like, no, nah, I literally will turn down work if you make me work with this person. That, that says something. Yeah. And I don't think people get that. Like, it's kind of what we say. Something like you don't just because you can say something doesn't mean you need to say something like just because you can't doesn't mean you should. You know, it's it's that whole thing of like if people are doing it, just let them have their narrative. Let them do whatever it is they're doing. They 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 are posting for a reason. Cool. Now, if you want to make a real discussion out of it, cool. Like, let's say they're sharing somebody and maybe they may not know somebody's problematic. Maybe send them a message and be like, hey, I don't know. But that person you're promoting. Here's some things that happen. Not sure if you're aware or whatever. Right. That's a real thing. A reason to reach in like it's relevant to what they're posting. But just like tossing other people's names in or hopping into somebody else's. Hell, there was one time I was posting about something about my my chickens or whatever, like something we were going to do with our yard. And then somebody was like, well, you know, the state taxes on whatever it is, like vehicles or whatever is stupid. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, cool. So you're going to use my reach to just air a grievance about something completely unrelated? Now, if I'd have brought up something to do with, I don't know, at least even like land taxes or something or property taxes and like, OK, maybe it's at least pseudo related. I would almost get it. But like we're having fun over here talking about things like why are you why are you going to just interrupt with something that's not even related? Like using somebody else's reach and platform to try to get your match out doesn't do anything positive for you. It really hell. I'm seeing it right now on like these NFT threads and stuff where Somebody's like, oh, yeah, I have this project going on and we're going to make an NFT or whatever. And then these other people are jumping in going, you could buy my hangry hippos. You can get this whatever weird monkeys and blah, blah. And it's like, (laughs) you think that's going to make people go like, oh, yeah, I should probably go buy some dumb hippos and monkeys. Like, no, like you're literally probably. And honestly, some of those people are getting lit up, too. So good on them. But like there are people are just down talking the products they're trying to sell or whatever, which is great. And that's what you should get. Somebody else is trying to promote something positive where they just happen to be making an NFT out of a thing 
And now here you are trying to make a whole sales pitch on some really crappy ass artwork. Like, come on. So yeah, like think about like the best thing I ever saw. And I don't know if I ever mentioned on the show, but one of the things they have for NFL players is they do a rookie symposium and it's usually about a week long and they have ex players, coaches, financial advisors, whatever, come on and just tell you all types of things, right? Cause you got kids literally that are going from being, you know, 19, 20 years old to being millionaires. And they're trying to tell them like, Hey, look, your life is different from the minute you got drafted and signed a piece of paper. And different people are going to be in your life. Different people are going to want things from you. Like you're going to be accosted for different reasons, like just everything. But they had Herm Edwards who everybody loves Herm Edwards, but he does a speech and I don't know if he still does it. I haven't seen it in the last couple of years. I don't even know if they did the symposium with the, with COVID honestly, but he basically talks about how to interact with social media when you're at that level. Because knowing most of what you say is going to be taken one way or the other, it's, people are going to come for you all the time. Like if they don't like your team or anything you did in a game, like you're just going to get lit up, you know, whatever. But one of the things he tells them is don't hit send. Like you might be angry. You might have an emotion. Something might have happened. Somebody might have called out your team, your mama, whatever. Like and you get you get that tweet ready. You get that Facebook post ready. And when you reread it. Just let that be your way to vent and don't hit send. Like if you don't need to be involved in a conversation, if you don't need to retaliate, whoever, you don't even need to send that message. If it's not important or it's not going to do anything positive, why are you sending it? And I think more people need to adopt that mindset. Those yeah, symposiums those, are good. I, I'm not even an athlete, but I wish I could go to some of those symposiums just for you, the life lessons. Oh, for sure. For sure. You can probably find the Herm Edwards stuff online. I'm sure somebody's got it somewhere, but totally, totally worth looking up. And it is Herm, not Herman. They actually call him Herm, H-E-R-M Edwards. (laughs) So if you're not a sports fan, I know you might probably be like, what name is he saying? No, Mm -hmm. it's it's actually Herm Edwards. So yeah, go go look that up. It's it's actually worth it. But we're going to wrap up there, Brian. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? All right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And if you want information related to New Capenna, follow me on YouTube because there's literally stuff coming every single day, sometimes multiples a day, uh, if you want to be ready to go when the site goes live. Uh, also, I will be, as I just found out right before we went live, I will be streaming during the early access event that they just surprised us with on the 26th so that's a tuesday so if you want to catch me online i'll probably be on all three platforms throughout the day but as always wherever you're listening whenever you're listening good morning good afternoon good evening and good night please take care of yourself and your family because there's still junk out in the world trying to take people out and remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other if you'd like to further support color of magic you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com we also have a patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 